Throughout history, faithful followers of Jesus have lifted the cries of their heart to God. And some have, have screamed out an injustice, acting as a voice for the voiceless and selflessly interceding for those in need. And, and those little prayers probably felt like drops in the ocean to those who prayed them. But these prayers, like the one you're about to hear, spoken by Mother Teresa, over and over made an impact that has echoed through generations. Dear Jesus, Help me to spread your fragrance everywhere I go. Flood my soul with your spirit and love. Penetrate and possess my whole being so utterly that my whole life may be a radiance of yours. Shine through me and be so in me that everyone I come in contact with will feel your presence in my soul. Let them look up and see no longer me, but only Jesus. Stay with me, and then I will begin to shine as you shine, so that I may be a light to others. The light, oh Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be mine. It will be you shining on others through me. Let me praise you the way you love best by shining on those around me. Let me preach you without preaching, not by words, but by my example. by the catching force of the sympathetic influence of what I do. The evident fullness of the love this heart bears to you, Jesus. Amen. These seemingly small prayers have inspired others in their walk with God and have led to revolutions of the move of the Spirit across the world. Now, remembering and praying these prayers of the past not only builds our faith, but reminds us that we are part of the story God has been and continues to write. He is writing this story for generations, and the prayers that Mother Teresa prayed are connected to the prayers that we are praying, and on and on and on. It gives us this incredible hope that perhaps our prayers could change the world too, that our prayers could change our family's future, that our prayers could change our church's future, that our prayers could make a lasting impact far beyond our lives on earth. Mother Teresa didn't know what her prayers would do, but God did amazing things through what she asked him. And so over these next few weeks, we're gonna be looking at prayers that changed the world. Prayers prayed by Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, and St. Patrick. And when you came in today, hopefully you got one of these booklets that has all the prayers listed and you can take some notes on them or write your own prayer out on these booklets as we go through this series. So I want to talk a little bit about Mother Teresa. Also, if you're wondering, I didn't like just bring a snack up here, um, although the staff would make fun of me for that because they say I bring up so many things, but I might need all these things, okay? These are all things I might need. 
Um, so I just bring them up, and uh, we'll talk about this here in just a, li- a little bit. But uh, Mother Teresa, here's a picture of her. Um, Jerry Pistone did an amazing job depicting her. Can we just thank her for, for that? Um, Mother Teresa's prayer drips with this love for God and his people. And really, society has rarely seen someone so abandoned to the well-being of others. She was a Roman Catholic nun who devoted her life to serving the poor and the destitute around the world. And she spent many, many years um, in Calcutta, India, and in 1979 was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. However, she didn't attend the ceremonial banquet for this award, and she asked that the $192,000 that was raised at the banquet would just go straight to the hungry. She, She didn't even want to see the check. Mother Teresa often spent time with those who were dying. And her example, just her example, spread around the world. By 2013, there were 700 missions operating in over 130 countries that were just modeled after Mother Teresa's example. The scope of her work expanded into orphanages, it expanded into hospices, and it expanded into hospitals all around the world for those with terminal illnesses. At one point in her ministry, a reporter watched Mother Teresa as she cleaned a a maggot-infested wound of a man on the street. And he said to her, the reporter, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. And Mother Teresa replied with a soft smile, and she said, I wouldn't either. Mother Teresa said, not all of us can do great things but we can all do small things with great love. And that was her, the drum that she beat all of her life. In fact, one time she was interviewed, how, how do we get world peace? And Mother Teresa said, go home and love your family. That, that's how we get world peace. It's 100,000 it's small decisions that lead us into a big thing that changes the world. So over the last two decades of her life, Mother Teresa suffered many health problems, but nothing could stop her from fulfilling her mission of serving the poor and the needy until her very last illness. She was active in traveling around the world to the different branches of the Missionaries of Charity, which is the organization that she founded. She was an incredible woman. And one of the most important things that we need to understand about Mother Teresa, uh, uh, although she, she served the poor, she, she did some really um, just things that, that people would not do in the natural. She, she had to tune in to what the Holy Spirit was inside of her. But one of the most important things we need to remember about her is that she prayed. She prayed. And her prayers had lasting effects that have changed the world. Now, in her prayer that we highlighted today, she prays, to spread the fragrance of Christ and to shine God's presence through her life. Did you catch that part? To spread the fragrance of Christ. So I want to take a deeper look into what that means this morning, uh, that she spread the fragrance of Christ. And the fragrance of Christ actually comes from Scripture. That's a phrase that comes right from Scripture. You might have heard of it in 2 Corinthians 2. And I want to look at this passage so you can get the big picture of what's surrounding it, okay? So Paul had just experienced a disappointment in his ministry, Okay, he's disappointed, he's frustrated, and he writes this in 2 Corinthians 2 from the NLT version. But thank God, he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. 
Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? Okay, so what Paul is reminding us is that the same smell can have a very different effect on people. All right, how many of you, maybe in your home, one person really likes a certain smell and another person doesn't? My husband loves the smell of a campfire. I wash my clothes the minute I get in my house because that smell just makes me feel like I'm dirty <laughs> outside. Right? Everybody can have a different, a different smell for different things. So here's an example that they used in the Old Testament. When the incense was burned in the Roman triumphal parade, to the Roman soldier, that incense was a wonderful smell because that was the smell of victory. They had conquered the people that they had went to, to find. Now they got to go home and be with their family because they caught the, the, the prisoners and they, they have had triumph. But that same incense was a terrible aroma to the prisoner of war because that same smell meant that the prisoner of war would soon be executed and sold into slavery. And so that was a very different experience for those two groups of people. And Paul says in this scripture verse, he divides us into two groups in this passage. He says there are those on the path to salvation and there are those on the path to destruction. And all of humanity, past, present, and future, are on one road or the other. And there is no other path. That every person you meet, every person with a beating heart, is on one path or the other. The path of salvation or the path of destruction. Now Jesus essentially gives us the same picture in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, when he says this. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. He, he's saying the same thing. The scripture says that to those who are perishing, the fragrance of Christ can actually be perceived as doom. To those who are being saved, the fragrance is life-giving, sweet, and refreshing. And so in 2 Corinthians 2, what we read in verse 14 is that God chooses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere, like a sweet perfume. That's what he asks us to do. And so Mother Teresa prayed this direction. She would say, God, help me be a fragrance. Help me be like sweet perfume to all the people I would meet. Some of those people were on the path to destruction and they didn't appreciate the fragrance. Perhaps even some rejected it, but she loved them anyway. She spilled the fragrance upon them anyway. Even if they didn't want, didn't want the message, even if they didn't understand, she spilled the fragrance Upon them. Jim Elliott is a well known missionary, and he used to pray this Father, make me a crisis man. Bring those I contact to decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork that men must turn one way or another on facing Christ in me. He was so serious about saying there is a path to salvation and there's a path to destruction and there is a decision to be made, and I will be the fragrance of Christ no matter where I go. And I think Jim Elliott and Mother Teresa and even Paul, as he was writing, they understood that they were sent to be a fragrance, not just to those who would accept them. That they were sent to be a fragrance, not just to those who are easy and comfortable to reach. That they were sent as a fragrance to those that might reject them, that may not accept what they were wanting to offer and what they were wanting to give. 
And in a prayer, I think that we can pray as a model of these great people of faith and to follow the scripture is this one. God, send me as your fragrance. God, send me as your fragrance. Would you say that to the person next to you? Wake them up if they're dozing. God, send me as your fragrance. Send me to those who are hurting. Send me to those who are broken, to those who don't want to hear it. Send me to the stubborn and to the sad and to the ones who think they have it all figured out. Send me to the ones who will reject me. I will go. I will go. I will go and I will be a fragrance to those who are on the path of salvation. And I will go and I will be a fragrance to those who are on the path of destruction. Today after service, as Daniel mentioned, we're going to be having a banquet where we will talk at length about our Kingdom Builders projects. And as a church, we really believe that Jesus gave us this command so clearly to take the fragrance of the gospel to the ends of the earth. That every year we pray and we discuss and we come up with a plan to do that. Because we are so serious about spreading our smell <laughs> that, that we make a plan and we decide where we're going to invest and where we're going to send. And this coming year in 2020, we are going to swing for the fence and we're going to commit to raising $30,000 to give the missions projects. Right here, you were supposed to clap, so let's do that. $30,000. Every dollar will go to the mission field to send people who carry the fragrance of Christ to hard places. And I hope that you can join me and my husband in, in giving toward these projects this year. You can give any Sunday by marking the Kingdom Builders line on the offering envelope or indicating that online. But you will hear more about all the projects at the banquet at length but we will send teams, I wanna show you a few of them, we will send teams and funds this year to Asia, the Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Uganda, Puerto Rico, Los Angeles, and several ministries in downtown Erie. Can we just thank God what he's gonna do with that? We're gonna do that this year. I'm so excited. You're going to hear more about all these projects at the banquet if you come, and then also just through 2020. But we believe so much that the mandate of Scripture is that we take the fragrance of Christ to the ends of the earth, that that is why we do these Kingdom Village projects every year. So the verbiage of being the fragrance of Christ really led me um, to remember the story in Scripture of Mary in the Gospels. Now, if you remember, Mary... She takes an alabaster jar of perfume and she brings it to Jesus and she breaks it over his head as an act of worship and honor. That sounded a little more violent than it was. She doesn't like break it over his head, but she, she like, you know, breaks it out over his head as an act of worship and as an act of honor. And in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all the disciples, the, the, the story is congruent, that all the disciples joined Judas in scolding Mary for wasting expensive perfume on Jesus. And they say to Mary, why did you waste that? Why did you waste that perfume? Why didn't you save it and sell it and give the money to the poor? And I'm sure that they were thinking, certainly Jesus will agree with us. He loves the poor. So certainly Jesus will agree with us. Why? Why would, you, why would you waste all of that? But Jesus, in a way that I just love, he always surprises us. He defends Mary and he says, when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. And of course, at that time, they're all thinking, what? What, is, you know, what does that mean? 
And then verse 13 says, truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So Jesus is honoring her. Jesus is saying, no, actually what she did was amazing. Actually what she did was so honoring that, that what she did was, was just exactly what I want you to do. And what Jesus is explaining to the disciples and he's using this word picture of, of Mary doing this is that if Jesus, if he is the pearl of great price, if he is the treasure hidden in the field, if he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, if he is worthy of, of everything that, that, that we can see and that we can imagine, then it is never a waste to give your very best to him. It is never a waste that, that you can clap, you're like wanting to clap, but you can go, <laughs> that, that Jesus, Jesus says, listen, I am worthy for you to devote all you have and all that you are to me, and that it is never a waste. And Mary's act of devotion is reminding us that if our motive to serve is anything else besides wanting to please and love and pour out our devotion on Jesus, then actually we are just wasting our life. But a life spent in selfless devotion to Jesus is never wasted. A life spent of selfless devotion to Jesus is never wasted. Jesus says it best in Mark 8, 35, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Now, I find it really interesting that Mary didn't take the jar of alabaster, the alabaster jar of perfume, and say, here, Jesus, this is for you. It's everything I have. It's my life savings. Here, you take it. You use it. She didn't just hand it to Jesus. She knew that in order for the perfume to be fully fragrant, she had to spill it out. She had to pour it out onto Jesus's head. And as I was just praying about this, the Lord gave me sort of this image of some everyday things. Okay, so, so like an orange. If you just smell this orange, like just like this with the peel on it, it doesn't smell really at all. Onion, right? Smell that. I mean, it doesn't, I wish you were up here. Smell from here, all right? You can't smell it at all. But if you break the skin on this orange and you peel it away like this, you could probably smell it in the front row. Because this fragrance just pours out of here. It is one of my most favorite smells because it smells so clean. Any women in the house? Yes, it just smells clean. Something smells clean. Just open an orange in your kitchen sometimes. <laughs> or like this onion. This isn't very fierce right now, but cut this baby open. You'll be crying in no time. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. I'm going to toss it on to you. Fragrances and scents are much stronger when they are poured out when they are broken open, when they are peeled back. 
And so he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. And I believe that in order for our fragrance, in order for our smell, in order for our perfume to be the most strong, to be the most effective, to be the most pungent, we need to be broken before the Lord. And it's so the opposite of what the world says, right? It's so the opposite of saying, like, get your life together. Everybody get your life together and then go serve Jesus. That's not what he says, though. He says, take everything that you have, all the broken pieces of who you are, everything that doesn't quite get to sit, and just give it all to the Lord. Spend your whole life in selfless devotion, and he will use the fragrance of God out of your brokenness to minister to people. David was a great king in the scripture, and he knew brokenness. And, and a, lot of, a lot of it's because of his own stupidity, okay? Let's be real. And he models this prayer in Psalms, and I would encourage you to use Psalms as a guide for your prayers. But one example is from Psalm 51. He says, Open my lips, Lord, my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, you, God, will not despise. It's as if David is saying, I don't have much. Everything I have is broken, but all I have is yours. And God says, you know what? I can use that. That's what I can use. Something all closed up and in control and trying to, trying to make sure everything works out exactly how they want it to, that does not emit the fragrance of God. But something that is, is just laid bare before the Lord, that is what God can use. And so Mary and Mother Teresa and Jim Elliott, they all exemplify this point that the way we can smell, the way we can smell like Jesus, the way we can be the best representation of Jesus possible is actually not in our strengths. It's not when we're crushing it. The fragrance of Christ exudes from us when we are broken when we are peeled back, when we are laid bare before Christ our King, just asking him to humbly use us despite ourselves. If we want to have selfless devotion like Mary did, I think we need to look at how Mary got there. How did Mary get to this point of selfless devotion? Well, every time we see Mary in the scripture, she's sitting at Jesus' feet. Every time. She is sitting at Jesus' feet. She's spending time with God. She is listening to his words. She is praying at the feet of Jesus. And, and I believe that, that as we do that, as we sit at Jesus' feet, it prepares us to give our whole lives to him. I read a story recently about some missionaries in South America who had been assigned to translate the Bible into Indian tribal languages. Now, this was a really lengthy process. It was a very tedious process. In fact, it was before computers, gasp. And so it took like 20 years for them to, to sit and tediously work on the scripture. And during the process, the translators were teaching the scriptures. And as they were, a new church was emerging among the tribe. And they were so encouraged. But as they came toward the end of the translation project, the, the people became more and more involved in selling their crops uh, for the drug trade, and they became less and less interested in the scripture. And so when they finally finished the translation and, and they, they had a dedication service, not even one person came from that tribe to celebrate. And the missionary wife was so angry. She was so bitter. She had given 20 years of her life so that these people could have the scripture, and they didn't even want it. 
So several years later, in this blog I was reading, the missionary shared that God had opened their eyes to see this from his perspective. And the missionary said, the only thing that makes sense in ministry is we do it all for God. The only thing that makes sense in our whole lives is we do it all for God. This is all for him. We do it for him. This is all for him. No matter what fruit it produces, no matter what results, no matter what goals we meet, this is all for him. The world may scorn us. The world may reject our message. Those on the path of destruction may smell the fragrance of God and turn away from it. Every other believer may criticize us and not appreciate what we're doing, but we are never wasting our lives if we spend it in selfless devotion for Jesus. We are never wasting it. And as Mother Teresa prayed, dear Jesus, help me to spread your fragrance everywhere I go. Because if that is our goal, and we've done that, then we know that we have done what God has asked us to do, and that it was always worth our time. It was always worth our days. It was always worth our moments. So would you stand? We're going to close in this way. Uh, For this whole series, we were talking about... um, prayer. And so we're going to end each week with a guided prayer. So again, here's, a, here's what I want you to do. These moments are intended to give you some really practical examples of how you can pray when you're at home or at work or throughout the week. My hope, my prayer was that this would um, kind of, this series would, would bring some freshness into your prayer life. It would just bring some energy into your prayer life. And so here's what we're going to do. Um, Pastor Quinn's going to play a little bit behind me, but I want you to, like, we're not going to leave for, like, five minutes, okay? So five, you have five more minutes in you? All right, so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to just pray together. So you do what you feel comfortable. I never want to push anybody to an uncomfortable spot, but this guided prayer is from a ministry called Infinitum, and um, so I didn't write it. I'm borrowing it. It's an excellent prayer. So if you're comfortable, I want you to put your hands up as if you're signifying surrender, like this. And I want you to take a deep breath. Focus your attention on Jesus. In fact, imagine his face before you. God, we choose to hold up our hands as a symbol of surrender. In fact, would you repeat this phrase after me? My life is not all about me. My life is not all about me. God, we surrender to your Lordship. I'll just pray this one for you guys. We surrender our preferences, our prejudices, and our position to you. God, we surrender our fears, our finances, our friends, and our family to you. All right, now if you're comfortable, would you put your hands out, palms up in front of you like this? Take another deep breath. Focus your mind on God. Think about his vastness. God, we choose to hold our hands out as a symbol of generosity. Okay, just repeat this short phrase after me. What I have is not all mine.
Jesus, we are only stewards of all you have given us. Help us mirror the way that you opened your hand to us and lavished love and life upon us so generously. Jesus, help us live open-handed in a closed-fist culture. Okay, lastly, if you're comfortable, stretch your hands out sort of forward. Let's take another deep breath. Try to just sense God's presence right before you. Jesus, we choose to hold our hands forward as a symbol of mission. We want to live for something greater than ourselves. And so would you just repeat this short phrase after me? Help us embrace your kingdom mission. Jesus, we want to embrace and welcome your mission to the lost, the last, the least, and the lonely. Jesus, we want to bring your hope and the gospel to the poor, the powerless, the privileged, and the persecuted. You may put your hands down now. God, you are the one who completes and finishes. We want to be more like you in every way. Help us love what you love. And it is in the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.